Hello, and welcome to the Shingo Principles Podcast, the podcast for those interested in building a culture of continuous improvement and sustainable organizational excellence. I'm your host, Mary Price, with the Shingo Institute, a program in the John M. Huntsman School of Business at Utah State University. The Shingo Principles Podcast is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with thought leaders and practitioners around the world experienced in transforming cultures using principles, systems, and tools. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. In this episode of the Shingo Principles podcast, we hear from John Cork, a Shingo Publication Award recipient and senior partner and head of the life sciences and health sector at SA Partners, a Shingo licensed affiliate, as he shares his insights on engaging employees to a true purpose. Does the purpose statement in your organization resonate with your employees? How do you think you would create a compelling purpose statement if you don't already have one? These questions and more will be answered during this podcast. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. My name is Mary Price. I'm the events and marketing manager at the Shingo Institute at Utah State University. I'm pleased to have John Quirk with us today. John is a senior partner and head of the life sciences and health sector at SA Partners, who is a Shingo licensed affiliate. He is also certified to teach the Shingo workshop series, and he has helped several organizations prepare to challenge for the Shingo prize. In addition, he is a recent recipient of the Shingo publication award for his book, TPM, A Foundation of Operational Excellence. If you haven't had a chance to read the article John wrote on the topic we are discussing today, I would encourage you to visit our website, shingo.org, click the media tab, and select the blog. You'll find the article there. It's titled, Engaging Employees to a True Purpose. John, thank you so much for joining us today. I'll turn the time over to you. Great, Mary. Thank you very much for the opportunity and um, welcome, everybody. I'm calling you here from uh, Cork in Ireland, the beautiful sunny day, um, which is great to see the, the spring on its way. So, yeah, I'll tell you about the dolphin in a moment. So this is me, as Mary said, um, I'm partner um, in global life science sector with um affiliate SA partners so we're a global consultancy and we've been knocking around for about um, 35 years now this is one of my favorite topics to talk to people about and uh, the dolphin friend here is because one occasion talking to a large uh, organization who still never let me live this down and uh, my word correction spelled purpose as porpoise so I was there searching for my porpoise all through the thing so it became a great joke and I've owned it now, so this is my friend. And anyone who's a marine biologist will know that this is not a porpoise, it's a dolphin. There you go. That's me, and this is SA Partners. Um, as I said, we're a global lean consultancy. We're out there to make an impact, a positive impact with our clients we work with. We have a consulting arm. We have an academy where we help people learn and develop their own teams internally. And we do a lot of thought leadership, which hopefully we get a chance to talk about a little bit at the end. Um, so we work all over the world, international consultancy, and we work very closely with the teams uh, who we engage with. So that's a little, bit of, a little bit about us. So we're here talking about this idea of purpose. Um, and again, I'm always reluctant just to show these principles because this is not the shingle model. And these principles inform us of how we might think of and apply the shingle model. But here, we're focusing on this idea of constancy of purpose. So what is that? And again, 
unfortunately, so many um, organizations miss a trick with this. And they don't get this right. They talk about these vacuous statements about what they're about and why they do, which are very acidic. And they begin to actually undermine the intent of what they're trying to do within the organization. And then they wonder, so why aren't we getting people engaged? So as usual, the, the wonderful Shingo Institute has done a lot of the heavy lifting for you on research around these principles, but also defining them. So the Shingo Institute defines this idea of constancy of purpose. And some people talk to that much maligned phrase, the uh, true north of, of our organization, which doesn't really sit too well with me, but there you go, that's just me. Um, so they define it as an unwavering understanding of why the organization exists, where it's going, and how it will get there enables people to align their actions as well as to innovate, adapt, take risks with greater confidence. So this idea of constancy of purpose is this way we unite as a team to achieve something fantastic. And so it's important that when we spend time thinking about this idea of our organizational purpose, that it really means something to us and it means to the, something to the whole organization. And I use the word tribe a lot because there's a lot of ancient psychological stuff going on in the way our brains work. And actually, we function a lot as tribes within organization. Sometimes those tribes are splintered across the organization, but we want to bring them together in one, to one purpose of what we're about. So again, this all connects. So this is another problem I come across when organizations try to talk about this idea of uh, mission and purpose. And where does it go in relation to vision? What does that mean? And how, where does strategy come into this? So this is how I speak to it. So again, for me, the mission is what we do. And it includes our purpose within the organization. And the vision should be us looking into the future and creating this very, very clear picture of what that would look like. So what in three years, three to five years time, what would it look like here? Play me the video, walk me through the building, walk me through the processes. And what meetings will I hear? Who will we be talking to? So make it very, very clear what that future would look like for us in doing what we do. And the other piece then is then strategy. And strategy is strategy is how we actually make that happen. What is the step-by-step -step actions that allow us to deliver that vision and achieve our mission and purpose into the future and make it better, um, uh, more engaging, more valuable to our clients and our, our customers. And strategy involves things like new stuff, you know, new skills, new systems, new acquisitions, new tech, whatever, but they're step-by-step -step things that allow us to achieve this vision that we're, we spoke about, which we want. And it, it just, I don't understand how organizations can sit back and say, okay, so what's our strategy for this year? How can they talk about it like that without having this idea of vision and being clear about what they're actually about and why they do what they do? So the other side of the strategy may be as well, let's get clear about the type of culture and behaviors we need because what we have now might not be working. So part of our strategy might actually be, look, if we want to get this vision and we want to create this future picture where we want to work, well, we have to change. And part of changing culture is really getting absolutely laser focused on this first bit, 
what is it we do and what's our purpose. And there's another interesting twist on this, um, which again uh, may relate to some of you, may not. But often what we do might be somewhat disconnected from our purpose. And that might seem strange, but doing what we do may allow us to achieve our purpose. That might be how we develop and engage people in our, uh, in our, who work for us, how we give them good jobs, how we develop them, allow them to be better than they, 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 their best possible self. It could be that doing what we do allows us to do this fantastic work in the community, allows us to give healthcare out to people who might not normally have healthcare before. And that becomes our purpose. It becomes this deep meaning for us as an organization, but is not necessarily tied to making widgets. Making widgets profitably allows us to achieve our purpose. And that's an important connection. Doing what we do well allows us to achieve this deep part of what we are as a tribe, what defines us and defines our organization. So I look to purpose for meaning. And this is much more than making money. If we start rattling off the fact that we're profitable this or we're doing that for our stakeholders and yada, 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 that is not going to work. Because that only speaks to a very small minority of our organization. And it doesn't speak to the important people that we talk about in a moment. So within SA Partners, um, we have these big learnings that we talk about. And um, I'm going to share three of them here with you. Uh, first one is around, our, you know, what's our story? What is that vision? Uh, what's it look like? The second piece is around this very becoming very clear that, you know, we need commitments, not, not compliance. And that undermines a lot of this. And if I'm a leader, my job is to constantly check for this commitment and, and make sure that we're not just ticking boxes here. This really means something and it relates to people. So we need to check for that. And the third element, which here I, I won't be able to spend too much on time on, unfortunately, is this idea of how systems support all this, how, how it helps us deploy our purpose within the organization, and also how we design our systems to make sure we support what we want, the behaviors and culture, and also the people feel the purpose alive in our organization through our systems and how well they're designed. So the first piece, then, is just this idea of the story. You know, a, a few years ago, there was all this noise about, oh, every organization needs a story. Um, and it kind of just faded away. But it is so important because we are storytellers. We, we sit around and we tell each other stories. You know, our ancient ancestors spoke in stories. So we, we understand and accept stories and we test them and they need to be real and they need to be felt. So again, this is a core task of when we define our leadership and we talk about purpose, it weaves into a really, really strong and powerful story about the organization and what it's trying to achieve. But again, there's three, three, three elements of this. So when we see these as fundamental truths, again, we've heard this many times, the senior leaders um, give direction and influence through their actions and also their omissions. So they define the culture and behaviors of the organization. So the, the crew at the top, that's what that's who everybody's looking at. But if we want to influence and deploy 
uh, a story or a purpose in an organization. We absolutely rely on that middle middle element, the managers and supervisors. They're what we call the power. They influence the day-to-day, week-to-week activity, their behaviors, what they do, what they say is important and what, what is not important. Again, they are the power behind us defining and aligning to a purpose. But the impact, what we're trying to do, you know, how we make that purpose real, how we do well at what we have to do so we can do make this purpose real, only happens at the front line. So whatever we define as our purpose and however whatever story we tell, it must it must be accepted and must feel right for that group of people. That could be people working in a laboratory. It could be our salespeople on the road. It could be people in the office handling invoices or credit queries, or it could be people on the manufacturing line. But that's where business performance is won or lost. What happens in those incidents where people have a decision to make uh, in points of time? Will I do this or will I do that? That's where we win or lose our organization. And everything above that influences that activity. So again, like I said, our leaders, our senior group of people, they set the direction. They um, And they're being watched all the time by people in the organization. The story they tell, is it real? Do they really believe the purpose of the organization? Do I see them acting out purpose in the organization? But most importantly, do I hear that same message from my middle management and supervisory groups? Do we do they speak to it? Do I have a chance to engage in that? Because again, it's what will appeal to me on that front line piece where the rubber is hitting the road is important. So how we get it wrong. Um, sometimes this is a common, uh, I, I work a lot in the pharmaceutical life science world and I hear things like this all the time. So we exist for our patients. That's our purpose. Which all sounds great. Okay, and they organizations will bring in patients and they'll talk about the fantastic stories and the cures they've had and the great efforts people have made to achieve all this and fantastic. And we make a big, big deal about it. Okay, and we haul people out um, from from different departments and they attend these meetings. But fortunately, a lot of these meetings aren't actually attended by the people who actually add value because they're they're working. They're adding value. So it's very hard to release them to go and see all this stuff, which again in itself is a bit um, misguided. So in this particular organization, and again, it's not alone by any manner of means. The reality is that this process was actually very complex. A lot of problems going on, a lot of documentation errors, a lot of delays, a lot of poor training, a lot of very complex processes that didn't really make sense. So if we're all about the patient, why the hell don't we fix these processes? Why don't we make them work better? Why don't we eliminate all this hassle and frustration and allow people to succeed rather than setting them up to fail repeatedly? So it became a quite acidic, as I as I mentioned earlier, forced within this organization and basically it turned people off. So look, we could do so much more if. So don't tell me we're all about our patient when all this nonsense is going on in our organization. So another one that's quite common at the moment is again, huge pressing issue over time. 
but are we really just painting our chimneys green or actually really going after real change in our organization? So people see this and they feel it. So if we want to, if we define our purpose in that organization, it must be lived. It must be felt in everything we do within the organization. If we want to focus on creating the cheapest and most uh, cost-effective patient uh, cure or, or medical device or whatever, well, how do I see that in how I run my process? How do I constantly improve it? How do I measure the process so I understand what's the best bang for the book and what I do in my improvement? So again, I if if to be if we're talking about genuine engagement of people in purpose, it must be real. I must feel it in my in the organization. So the second piece then is this idea of commitment versus uh, compliance. <clears throat> and again, the difference is night and day. Okay, uh, compliance causes problems, create risks because people are not really understanding or they're just ticking their boxes or whatever. So that's that's just risk all over. It's risk and it takes the heart out of an organization. So when we talk about compliance uh, and when we talk about commitments, we're talking about allowing people to really engage with that story and co-create it in some cases. So what does that mean? So here's an example from a healthcare uh, environment, um, and I'm sure it's self-explanatory, okay? But I'll give you a hint, okay? So here's a hospital up here, okay? And this looks like a river, okay? And then there's these people in it, and there's these ladders and these ears and these signposts, and there's some technology thing out here, and there's a home. So there's this picture of this future vision and what they're about. So this picture... And multiple pictures like it began to draw out for this group of people what their vision is and what their purpose is. So it started to go like this. So we understand the care path of people on their life journey. So this is the river of life. We are listening. So they're, they're constantly listening for signals that tell them, oh, you, you might need help or this is an issue for you. And that allows them to intervene early so they can bring care early where it's needed. And they're also really actively promoting health, health in the community. So this person here is running around with a mobile phone in their hand because they're actively there in the community to, to create, to help well-being and health. And they're also focused on learning themselves. So this hospital realized they had a quite a unique um, thing going on in, in their um, healthcare provision, and that created opportunity for learning and research and for people to study more and become acclaimed and write papers and yada, yada, yada. So Center for Learning that was winning lots of awards and it, it, that in itself was creating a great place to work. So the purpose drew, began to define a story like this. So the realization that 80% of our demand is from this late to middle age and to geriatric uh, 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 clients or patients. We're not doing pregnancy stuff. Uh, we're not fixing broken bones from a, uh, we're done it, we're uh, emergency department. We're, we're in this middle-aged, middle to late, middle-aged piece. And um, so began to focus their minds on what are 
purpose really was. And it was around our community and the health and safe living within that community. So again, what they do is manage and improve the health and well-being in our community so they can delay the life point at which people need our care. So this is actually working against the idea of customers. We want to, you know, help them stay healthy in our community. So the point that they need our care becomes later and later. And that was transformational for, for this organization in relation to what they did, what they became involved in, how their employees supported community health activity. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And it also helped them prepare for the storm that came at them with COVID. They were one of the better um, health institutions to deal with this maelstrom that was COVID at the time. So drawing pictures helps. The last piece, again, I'm pity we have so little time to talk about this, is this idea of creating the systems architecture purposefully designed to allow us to achieve what we want to achieve and allow people to feel our purpose lived within the organization. So, you know, we, we can talk about strategy and again, we can have our strategy on, on in our document or our X matrix or Y matrix or whatever the hell we want to use, but it means nothing unless people feel it, unless people can feel what part they're playing in that and how that aligns to this purpose thing that the organization keeps talking about. So we design our systems so that we can deploy, measure, engage, fix problems that are stopping us, innovate to help us in, uh, do more so we can do more of what we want to allow us to achieve a greater purpose. And so we designed these systems to enable and bring our purpose to life. And again, the Shingo Institute has been tremendous and again, consolidating our thinking around what these systems are, these general buckets that they fit into. So management systems, how do we develop leaders within our organization? How do we teach leaders to check for this thing about commitment versus compliance? What's it look like? And this idea of behaviors, what, what are the behaviors we want and what are the behaviors we don't want? And also to have the, what do we say, the, the guts or there's other words we could use, but the, the, the strength and confidence to say no, to deal with those behaviors that are not ideal, where so often we can just let them go by. So if we do that, game is nearly over because that begins to, um, as we know, and eat away at what we're trying to do. So then our improvement system, how do we constantly improve what we do? And how does that enable us to be better at our purpose, but also to enable us to do more, be more successful so we can do more of what we're about, more of our purpose. And again, both of these are focused on the work system because our work system must speak to our purpose. That example that I gave you earlier on about we, we live for our patients, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yet the work systems are chaos. How does that equate? How can we, you know, match up that thinking about being all about our, our, our patients? Well, there's so much waste. There's so much we could do if we just sorted out this, this complexity, made our processes simpler, identified, eliminated all this um, waste and, 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 and loss in our organization. Oh, one's got very bright there all of a sudden. So... Our work systems and our systems are designed to enable the purpose we are looking for. 
So again, so what do we look for in a, a real purpose? So again, what we are engaging mainly are the bulk of our people in our organization who are adding the added value element. They are the people on the front line. So how well do they feel respected? And am I getting a chance to learn and develop myself? You know, and if that's not there, well, then how does that engage me in 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 our organization? And the purpose statement again must relate to me and what we're about, my team, my site, and often that means that you know there's this real um, genuine link to community. So what am I doing in the community? How am I helping uh, the community around me be better? Um, be safer, be more environmentally friendly, whatever. But there's it means something to me. And that it's clear that the organization is truly living that purpose. There's stuff happening all the time that reinforces the fact that this is our purpose and I can see it. I may be measuring it in, in the organization. I'm solving problems to help me do more. And um, but it, it's alive. It's alive. And that I can contribute to that. So I know that I contribute in some small part of the vision where, uh, that we're trying to achieve. And my activity, my improvement, my ideas, my innovation is, uh, is thinking into that, that element. And again, all the behaviors I see and hear around me link to this, you know, let's use the word noble purpose of, of my organization and my tribe. So. Again, sometimes you can't capture that in just a few words, but you make it real in how the organization works and how the work works every day and how I'm exposed to culture and behaviors that are telling me, you know what, this is real. This is really happening. So with that, again, time is against me. I could talk for this for a month. <laughs> um, um, but. Again, I'm very happy to follow up with any questions. Again, there's we have lots of stuff um, that you can find out more on, on our website. And we do a lot of forums. And, um, we do a lot of sharing, networking, lean forums, shingle forums. And again, these are some of the books that we published that um, Mary mentioned. And I have another one on the way, which should be coming out in, in late February. So with that, Mary, I better hand over to you. Um, and... Uh, Take any questions. And again, my core place is here waiting to take any questions. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, John. Before we go to QA, I just want to simply quickly mention that SA Partners will be exhibiting at the 35th Annual Shingle Conference in Provo, Utah this May. And John won't be there, unfortunately, but we'll have a lot of John's colleagues. So please come and meet them, and they can help you with your training and consulting questions. You can learn more about the event at shingo.org. We do have a few questions. So Marco, hopefully I understand this and John, maybe you can pull it up and see, but he asks, how should we connect, create constancy of purpose with ESG? I think that's environmental, social and governments move that we have on organizations nowadays. Yeah, so um, like, People are not silly uh, in organizations and they hear the challenges around um, environmental and um, social uh, um, issues. 
And yet, you know, we can talk about how fantastic we are in the organization and we can put solar panels on our roof and yada, yada, yada. But people see the waste going in the bin every day. They see the lots being failed. They see our equipment running at, you know, less than 15% OEE. How does that add up? So there's a real, I talk about now, a moral obligation on organizations to really get serious about how they're effectively using the resources they're they're given to achieve what they need to achieve. So I feel there's a real opportunity for companies to really grab that space and say, no, it's not acceptable for us to um, run our equipment at 10% OEE or 15% OEE. Let's get together and make this better. And you know what? Doing that makes us better, makes us more profit, and allows us to do more of this purpose that we're talking about. So again, it can be a real turnoff if organizations are talking this green agenda, but in reality, it's not there. We stick a few solar panels on the roof, we throw a few seeds out the front to make a wild garden, but our processes are, are less than ideal. So I think there's a huge opportunity there, Marco. Um, Sophie, um, I'm a frontline worker and my managers and express behaviors that support organized emissions. What do I do? Okay, so in, the, in that situation, I would just ask, you know, again, there's always plenty of organizations that will take you on, Sophie, if this doesn't work. But again, the idea is, look, so what are we about? So we say these behaviors are really important to us, but I, I don't feel them where I work now today. Um, so are they important or are they not? So again, the thing is that organizations have often spent a lot of time and money to define these behaviors and culture that we have within the organization. And so what do we do with them? So they're there supposedly to give us all power to say what we accept and what's what's not acceptable. So, you know, somebody might be talking to me in a aggressive, angry voice, and we say, look, that really doesn't sound like respect. So you keep a cool head on you and you just put the behaviors on the table. They're very, very powerful and they're supposed to be very powerful. But unfortunately, we we don't, they're not used as effectively as they can in some organizations. Some organizations use them very, very well. Um, we have our last question. Should we keep the same purpose between company and department or can we have a specific purpose for the departments? Yeah, so again, it it it, it depends. So um, in your, so purpose, of, if it's in the same company, purpose goes beyond departments. It should define, you know, what the organization stands for. So it could be um, how we develop people. So we want everybody in the organization to be the best they can be. Um, or we want to help our community in what we do. So uh, as long as we're being genuine about it and we give people time to actually do that effectively, well, then it, it, it doesn't really matter. But the purpose, if we're talking down at an individual department level, well, then something that we do in our department allows us to contribute to that purpose, overall purpose. And we should think about that. And we should be able to write, look, okay, this is what we're doing as an organization. And this is the part we play on it. Don't create new, 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 because that can often confuse people and also create silos. Think about what is the purpose of the organization and see, have the discussion with your, with your think about it yourself if you're a leader. But talk, think about how our, department contributes to that but don't create new new because that can be confusing 
Perfect. Thank you so much, John. That's all the questions that we have today. And thanks to our listeners for joining in. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you're looking for additional educational opportunities or you would like to learn more about the Shingo model, please visit our website at shingo.org. Please remember to subscribe and to tune in to next time.